If you can't ask your wife to wash the dishes, but you can ask her to start a micronation. If you can't talk to your husband about popular music, but he will discuss which rifle caliber is the best for Sasquatch hunting. You are in the right place. This is Strange Shenanigans. I'm Ashley. And I'm Stan. And I did submit to start a micronation last night. And we did discuss like a week ago that 4570 government is the best caliber for hunting Sasquatches. So here we are getting strange. We are uh, joined by our intergalactic guest, Mr. Lizard Man, today. Hello. Thank you, Lizard Man. Uh, what are we starting with today, Ashley? Well, I thought we would do some animals that were put on trial. Animals put on trial? Yeah, like they were put on trial. Like, not trials about animals. Yeah. Animals that were put, essentially, on the stand. Awesome. To, you know, speak for themselves <laughs> and stuff. But I thought I'd get a little creative. I wanted to stay in country. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're all familiar with, like, the pigs in France or the rats also yep. in France, and French people got some issues that all went on trial, <laughs> but those were in the medieval times. Chocolate Right? <laughs> what about animals that not only did we as good old Americans put on trial, but actually kind of recently? Like, we should be ashamed <laughs> that How we did this, <laughs> this recently. So that's where I am today. Where are you going today? Today, I'm going to talk about the New England Vampire Panic, which is, uh, is not attributed to the witch trials, but it's not long after it, hmm. and it and it, it's not so much a trial as it is uh, going above and beyond what's socially acceptable to try and stop vampires. Is what essentially what it That's was. That's weird. Yeah, it was. It's a really weird case. Lizard man, are you going anywhere today in the weird world? Yes, uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to be talking about uh, these theories that celebrities are still alive, even though they're supposedly dead. Ooh, fascinating. I can get on with that. I deeply struggle when celebrities that I love die or like when my favorite show ends. Right. I mean, it's been how many years and I still tear up when The Office ends. So right. I just I, I'm keep still. I'm hoping it. that Snape is out there somewhere in his black robes in a hot tub sipping on a mojito. So. <laughs> yeah, I have not still come to terms with the fact that Professor Snape has left us. <laughs> right. I am still in denial, <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do when reality really hits me. <laughs> Are you a Snape wife? Uh, maybe, if that's what it comes to, to bring him back. So who's starting us off today? Let's start with some animals. Let's start with the animals. All right. Mary the elephant. She was a gorgeous creature. But she killed her handler in 1916 in Tennessee. In Mary's defense, her handler was a homeless man that was hired on the spot by the parade. And this was his first job. <laughs> <laughs> but Mary's handler hit her with a spear, apparently on accident. It was his first day on the job, and she kicked him off and stomped on his head. <laughs> this was in the middle of a parade in Tennessee, and a raging mob formed. That's the only parade you could get me to go to, <laughs> is if there's a promise that, that a hobo with a spear is getting his head stomped on. Well, he did. He died, and a mob formed and hosted an impromptu trial putting Mary right on the stand where, obviously, she didn't respond <laughs> in 1916, okay? 1916, we are in the 1900s now where we shouldn't be doing this. Right. But Mary 
obviously couldn't defend herself and she was hung by this mob on the spot. That's insane. You fast forward just a couple days after a veterinarian looked at Mary's body and it turned out she had a horrible tooth infection from the way she had, you know, just naturally been treated by humans. Yep. That and that's where the spear hit her. Oh. Poor lady. So it wasn't Mary's fault. So the it was fucking hobo. And it wasn't it. the hobo's fault. It was. Right, it's really not his fault. And when I it comes tried down to find. To I couldn't see who hired this homeless guy to be Mary's handler, but whoever <laughs> hired him to be in charge of Mary while she was in the parade, it's his fault. It's, yeah, right. Okay? Probably the person who just wanted to pass her responsibilities onto this. Yeah, party. exactly. Right. Yeah. So no one took care of Mary. Homeless guy hit Mary. Mary stomped on his head. <laughs> Then, um, in 1921, again, way too recent for these things to be happening in America, Dormy was put on trial for killing 14 cats. <laughs> Dormy was a dog, and he was put in a lineup. <laughs> yes. Where, did they ask a cat to identify him? Where the, <laughs> where the alleged um, cats that were killed owners had to identify him. Obviously, he was picked out of a stand, and the dog was brought to the stand. The, no, no research I could find in the three articles I read talked about what questions he was asked. There was an actual picture, though, of him sitting on the stand in the jury. <laughs> but I, it worked, because 11 jurors voted to acquit him, with one wanting to send him to the gas chamber. <laughs> they yeah. were going to gas the dog. They were, he wanted to gas the dog. Well, you could really tell who was a cat person and who was not. I know. But this led to a hung jury, luckily for Dormy, and he went free. But this case did lead to a new set of rules putting owners at fault for the actions of their animals and their behavior. And this brings us back to 1905, where the world was great and monkeys could smoke free wherever they wanted to. <laughs> Except in Indiana. 1905, a chimpanzee named Jacko the Chimp, wish I was kidding, was put on trial for smoking in public. <laughs> he was found guilty and fined $25 for violating the anti-cigarette law of Indiana, which he had to pay... Out of his circus tips. Oh. He did. That's mean. It really is. <laughs> and back to the 1920s, the USDA told rural communities around the United States to put bulls on witness stands with lawyers and witnesses to determine if the bulls were fit to breed. <laughs> this was part of the Better Sires, Better Stock program that's insane the usda quote said humans needed to take control and stop letting their inferior or scrubbles reproduce the better sires better stock campaign included encouraging farmers to mate purebreds rather than scrub or degenerate sires <laughs> leave it to the american government to decide oh, yeah, who's a degenerate right? sire right? with their female animals anyone who pledged to use only purebred stock to expand their herd was awarded uh, lots of money, apparently. USDA field agents handed out pamphlets entitled Runts and the Remedy and <laughs> From Scrubs to Quality Stocked, packed with charts showing incremental increases of dollar value, which improved with each generation. 
they published outline for conducting a scrub sire trial. This was a pamphlet that contained detailed instructions on how to hold a legal trial of non-bull purebred bulls in order to publicly condemn it as unfit to reproduce. The pamphlet calls for a cast of characters to include a judge, a jury, attorneys, and witnesses for the prosecution and defense, as well as a sheriff who should wear a large metal star and a carry gun, and whose role gives the trial's foregone conclusion to have charge of the slaughter of the condemned sire and to superintend the barbecue. Wish I was kidding. This is all from the USDA flyer. (laughs) In addition to an optional funeral for the scrub sire and detailed instructions regarding the barbecue or other refreshments like (laughs) bologna sandwiches, turning them into hot dogs, or products related to bull meat are recommended. The lizard man loves bologna sandwiches. He'd be all about those. Yep. And your trial starts with Hear ye, hear ye, the Honorable Court of Bovine Justice of whatever your county is, is now in session. Wish I was kidding, but this is from the USDA of 1920. Uh, we, we need a new law and order that's Bovine Special Victims Unit. <laughs> so again, these bovines were put on trial with specific instructions for this happening with the USDA. (laughs) We'll be coming right back at you with the uh, New England Vampire Panic. Mercy Brown's mother contracted consumption which spread to the rest of the family, moving to her sister, her brother, and finally to Mercy. Neighbors believed that one of the family members was a vampire who had the illness. Two months after Mercy's death, her father, George Brown, who did not believe that a vampire was to blame, reluctantly permitted others to exhume the bodies of his family. They found Mercy's body showed little decomposition and had fresh blood in her heart and had turned in the grave. This was enough to convince villagers that Mercy Brown was the cause of consumption. The heart of the exhumed body was burnt, mixed with water, and given to her surviving brother to drink in order to stop the influence of the dead. The cure was unsuccessful. Uh, Yeah. This is just one story from the New England Vampire Panic, which was a reaction to an outbreak of tuberculosis. In the 19th century, it was called consumption. It was affecting wildly Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, and other areas of New England. Uh, It was thought that the deceased were consuming the the life and energy of others to come back from the grave. To stop it, the local population began exhuming and uh, destroying the bodies of those who had been affected by it. Gross. Tuberculosis was known as consumption at the time, as it appeared to consume an infected person's body. It is now known to be a bacterial disease, but the cause was unknown until the late 19th century. The infection spreads easily among family. Thus, when one family member died of consumption, the members were often infected and gradually lost their health as well. People believed that this was due to the deceased 
TB suffer, draining the life from other family members. And this was a held belief widely through New England and in Europe. In an attempt to protect the survivors and ward off the effects of consumption, body of those who had died of the deceased were exhumed and examined. The corpses, the corpse was deemed to be feeding on the living if it was determined to be unusually fresh, especially if the heart or other organs contained liquid blood. After the culprit was identified, there were a number of proposed ways to stop the attacks. The most, most benign of these ways was simply to turn the body over in its grave. In other cases, families would burn the fresh organs and rebury the body. Occasionally, the body would be decapitated. Affected family members would also inhale smoke from the burned organs or consume the ashes in further attempt to cure consumption. Oh. Now, this was a... Uh, widely thought of to be a poor folklore person's remedy to something they didn't understand. But in reality, it affected everyone, even the intellectuals of the time. Frederick Ransom of South Woodstock, Vermont, died of tuberculosis on the 14th of February in 1817 at the age of 20. His father was worried that Ransom would attack his family, so he had him exhumed. His heart burned on a blacksmith's forge. Ransom was a Dartmouth College student from a well-to-do family, and it was not seen that they were the sort of people to fall victim of vampire panic, but it was so widespread in New England at the time that everybody was freaking out. Right? Uh... There was, there was, of course, like other, you know, boogeyman scares. There were the, the, the people who had, who stayed grounded in realism. One of them was uh, Henry David Thoreau. Oh. And he wrote in 26th of September, 1859, The savage in man is never quite eradicated. I've just read of a family in Vermont who several of its members, having died of consumption, just burned the lungs and heart and liver of the last deceased in order to prevent any more from having it. Uh, as a reference to contemporary superstition, when rural Rhode Islanders moved west into Connecticut, locals perceived them as uneducated and vicious, which is partially due to the Rhode Islanders' beliefs in vampirism. Newspapers were also skeptical, calling belief in vampirism an old superstition and a curious idea. Jeez. Wow. A lot of these people, too, at the time, did not realize that throughout the world, in in the news, in the media, they were, they were being called you know oh 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 a vampire panic they didn't the term vampire was not widely used in america yet and was mostly a european thing so most of the european newspapers are what attribute to the name the new england vampire panic uh, mm-hmm. well before you could get your news instantly right exactly and you know there's actually vampires in literature was not a widely spread thing at the time either there's actually a, a man who uh, studied this, uh, and he studies all aspects of, you know, oh, folklore, vamp- vampires, and stuff like that. And uh, I, I read a little bit of it, but I think the funniest part of it was uh, his his daughter's, uh, the, the masking his daughter, her opinions about what her dad does. She's like, it's cool and it's funny, but he won't read Twilight. <laughs> it was pretty freaking funny. But there are people out there who are studying these these going back, and they're still uh, finding graves to this day in New England that have been tampered with. But when they find them, they hadn't been tampered with 
by grave robbers because it was obvious because the peop- the bodies were the the bones were in the wrong place in the grave uh-huh. nothing of value was taken and the graves had obviously been sealed for a very long time a grave robber doesn't dig up a, uh, up a body no cut its limbs apart and then bury it back no no but they're still finding these to this day. These graves where, where people, even after, you know, the skepticism finally caught up with the mainstream, where people were still doing this. Wow. Yeah. We're messed up. Yeah, it's, it's freaky. We'll be right back with Lizard Man's take on a, the, the urban legend of... Living or not living celebrities. Did they die? Are they sitting in the hot tub with Tupac? Okay. So, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories that celebrities that are supposed to be dead are still alive. For example, there's this theory that Michael Jackson, the singer from from Jackson 5 and... Yeah, you, you know Michael Jackson. That They believe that he faked his own death to escape death, debt collectors. Um, it's been 14 years since he died, and uh, there, are several, there are several theories about this, but, um, he, but evidently he was heavy, heavy in debt before he died. So people have, been say, people have been coming out saying that they saw him the day of his death or saw him like sometime since he died. They've seen him walking. Like, this one border officer says he saw Michael Jackson crossing the border. Hmm. And, uh, but Mexico hasn't seen Michael Jackson yet, so you don't know. I wonder if this could be contributed to why we haven't really seen his kids up until recently. Yeah, he might be raising them out uh, away from everything. So that could make a lot of sense, actually, on that one. Yeah. Uh, several fans think that he's still alive, and there's a lot of pictures of him. They might be photoshopped, or or they might be uh, lookalikes of him. So we never know. We'll never know if he's still alive unless he comes out saying that he is. Psychos. Okay. Okay. Next one is Elvis Presley. Of course, he wouldn't still be alive today because it's very long time ago. But um. Yeah, some people believe that he was still alive after his death, after his supposed death. Uh, he dr- died of a drug overdose, correct? Um, and people believe that they've seen him around the place, but there's a lot of Elvis impersonators. The main theory for him still being alive is that he used a Elvis fake to fake his own death so he can get away from the business, which he was having tons of trouble with at the time. And... There have been, like, audio and video recordings, but you can never tell if it's an impersonator or it might be actually him. This one's going to be a lot more complicated and likely more impossible, but they do... Some people believe that Freddie Mercury is still alive. Hmm. Which doesn't really make sense to me, but still could be. Uh, he, uh, He had AIDS... He got AIDS from, um, when, that was his supposed cause of death, and he did the Live Aid concert, and supposedly after, a couple years after that, he passed away. Um, 
But some people believe that he never had AIDS at all. They believe it was fake so he can get out of the business quickly because people were after his life. They don't know if this is true, but some some people are saying that some people have threatened his life. I, I don't know why. It doesn't say why, but I don't know. That one seems implausible to me. It does, yeah. But it's, there's a lot more celebrities that people assume are still alive, but who knows? Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Tupac is still alive. Right. Maybe. I, I, I think... I think it's more of people making these grand stories just because they don't want that person to have passed away. We can't yeah, cope with yeah. That. Especially, it started. It really started with Elvis, I think. Yeah. Because people were really, people were really taken aback that Elvis, you know, this big personality, the king, with everything that he had, could just die. And at the time, everyone believed he just died of a heart attack too. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't widely put out that, yeah, he was taking a shitload of drugs. Yeah. But it was also a time where it was appropriate to take a crap load of drugs. That's true, yeah. yeah. It was all prescribed, you know? Yeah. That's just that's just the way it was then. We could go into details about Marilyn Monroe and her supposed over death, which was all of her just taking prescriptions from her four psychiatrists, all prescribing her different things. Yeah. What you would think doesn't happen anymore, but it it's just goes to show there's all these celebrities constantly having these contraindications from using drugs that don't go together because they were prescribed to them for either, you know, people, they like to say that it's because, oh, well, they didn't know they were taking it. It's like, no, it's because they're rich and you'll hand them anything yep. they tell you to hand them so that you can keep getting that paycheck. Yep. The Freddie Mercury one seems most unrealistic to me. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put the king past it, just because I could see after years and years of it getting disillusioned with the lifestyle of the constant chronic attention. He was the, uh, you know, aside from you know, oh the the Beatles in the future and stuff. He was a, the la- the first friggin' you know superstar that yeah, really he consumed was the everything. Superstar. Yeah, you know. Yeah. There was not a genre that he could not succeed in. Right, yep. Movies, television. Everything. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised on that one. Michael Jackson is one that doesn't actually surprise me. Because his kids, ever since he passed away, you haven't seen his kids anywhere. You haven't seen, really, his kids just recently, like, popped up in the media in general. Yeah. So that theory actually does not seem far-fetched See, to me. The, the, my, my take on that is that, uh, if I was Michael Jackson's kid, I wouldn't want anybody to friggin' know I was Michael Jackson's kid <laughs> in the first place. And that's why I would keep it out of the public Well, I guess that could be true. But ever since he passed away, kind of all the Jacksons up until recently haven't really surfaced. Yeah, right. Even good old Janet just recently came out of, you know, the woodwork saying that, oh, she was just at home being a homebody. Yeah, sure. She wasn't right? popped up on drugs. Did Blanket change his name? No, Blanket's still Blanket. Paris is still Paris. <laughs> but, you know, I, that one, I, I would like to look more into that one. I'm well, interested in that it, one. Not only that, but it's like, like on top of that, Michael Jackson knew that the law was going to catch up with him eventually, yes. too. So, mm-hmm. nothing motivates people to fake their death quite like the thought of going to prison for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah that exactly. that's exactly true. And, I mean, that's also the best time to go. 
It's when the law is at your side. Right. So really, it could go either way, fake or not fake. Yeah. I think that's all the wild speculation we have for you today, folks. Uh, this has been The Strange Show with Stan. Ashley. Lizard Man. You can find us on Twitter and Podbean at The Strange Show. Find us on TikTok and Instagram and Patreon under Strange Shenanigans. If you like the antics, we've got some clips up on YouTube at uh, The Strange Show. And stay strange, everybody. And don't forget to join the Micronation Strange Nation. Yeah.